This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This is how it's always been I'm on the outside looking in Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week we have reached book 58 and it is... (gasps) broken heart oh my goodness the drama the melodrama all kinds of drama lads so much drama of of every kind indeed <laughs> and genuinely people are broken hearted they really are it's an accurate title and uh i mean we we the cover shows somebody who finally gets his uh starring role on the cover <laughs> but it's got to be the last time. <laughs> Don't get used to it, Jeffrey. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so let's get started with some taglines and blurbs. And the cover tagline is, who is Elizabeth's true love? Oh my God. Spoiler alert. It's not the guy on the cover. <laughs> Sucks for him. <laughs> uh, our back uh, tagline then is simply, Todd's back. Guess who's back? <laughs> Back again. <laughs> Todd is back. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Todd. <laughs> <laughs> the real Todd Wilkins. Oh, Wizard Wilkins. Uh, and uh, actually, Jeffrey looks a bit like Eminem on the cover. <laughs> Sorry to. Oh my god. To adva- to to jump ahead a bit there, but. Uh, <laughs> I will give you the full back cover blurb. I don't know if you're ready for this, listeners, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's emotional. When Todd Wilkins moved to Vermont, Elizabeth Wakefield's heart was broken. She thought that she would never get over losing him. But after months passed, was it that long? I, you know, it's more like weeks, weeks, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. it was only about like five books. Literally, if even. Hmm. Well... After months <coughs> passed, Allegedly. Eliz- <laughs> Elizabeth fell in love again. Now she and Geoffrey French are one of the happiest couples at Sweet Valley High. Hmm. <laughs> are they? Then Todd writes to Elizabeth and tells her he is moving back to Sweet Valley and that he still cares for her. Although she loves Geoffrey again. Does she? <laughs> Elizabeth knows she still has strong feelings for Todd. Suddenly, she is faced with a very difficult choice. A choice between the only two boys she has ever loved. <gasps> what will Elizabeth do? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I mean, the uh, the cover isn't really that spoilery because, as we have uh, mentioned before, it features a certain character in a starring role. It does. <laughs> Describe it, please. 
Okay, so we've got um well it's Liz and it's Jeffrey. The it's a blonde as hell cover. <laughs> oh, it's like an Aryan nation. It's, oh seriously, the fucking tomorrow belongs to me looking head on him <laughs> is outrageous. Like, oh my god. Bang yeah, of good, Hitler youth off him. Like it's not it's good. A, it's a good thing that shirt he's wearing isn't brown or it would be Oh stop. <laughs> extremely um that kid from the sound of music vibes otherwise. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah, so, so it's Liz and Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, like Liz, they're both looking very sad. Well, Jeffrey's maybe looking more pensive, kind of staring mm. off into the distance. Liz is kind of looking to camera with big sad eyes on her. Uh, the barrette is in place. Um, she's got on like a light blue shirt. It doesn't look like it's a silk shirt, which is definitely not the case in this book. Let me tell you, Ooh, there's um, a lot of silk. In oh this my book. god, so much. <laughs> um, Jeffrey is wearing a shirt like I don't know it looks like a woman's shirt it's just this that kind of the ruffles on the sleeve are kind of throwing me off a little bit or is it it's, just that it's a really big shirt I'm not sure it's quite ladylike all right yes it is a bit and it's got those kind of blue and green stripes which just make me think of the LNN like that supermarket from the <laughs> 80s um it, it looks kind of uh, a bit like an old silk blouse oh maybe it is <laughs> maybe it's Liz's silk blouse <laughs> she wants it back she's got several <laughs> so yeah they're kind of um kind of awkwardly holding each other like his arm is up on her shoulder her hand is on his chest his hand other hand is then holding her wrist like it's it's a lot of hands yes <laughs> well I mean James is showing us he can do hands he can do hands in fairness to him and look if you can then absolutely go to town on it throw eight <laughs> hands on that cover like if you want <laughs> But yes, he's, we know he's talented. He's got this. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's so Aryan. It's, um, yeah, it's it's off-putting. It has to be said. Bit, yeah, he's got that side parting and everything and it's just like, oh, oh. It's, you know, yeah, I'm not sure about these choices. <laughs> also, I can't believe that this is the one and only time we see him in all his uh, glory. Yeah, and like, it definitely is the only time isn't it remember what yeah. was the one with Aaron Dallas when he had all the rage issues was that Jeffrey on the oh. front of that or was that someone else oh maybe Jeffrey was maybe he was was that friend against friend oh something oh. like that or that might have been the tagline for it <laughs> no, they all blended one I know um, yeah that because uh, I mean, definitely, he doesn't look familiar. You know the way Todd no, kept it, popping up on a few covers? This is it. So he may have been on one already, but it's just that thing of like, this is an entirely different model for this character. Like, Oh yeah, I've never seen this person before. Like, this is, a, this is a new face. Like, we yeah. have not seen this guy before. We would remember this fucking <laughs> Nazi youth looking fucker. <laughs> oh, we definitely would. Yeah. I mean, guess maybe this is going to be his swan song because I do not remember him doing anything after this book. No, like, is he... Is he even going to get a mention like how AJ Morgan did eventually? <laughs> <laughs> Two books later. When we're done. Like, you are oh. dead to everybody in Sweet Valley High. <laughs> I mean, I think it is very much out of sight, out of mind. Though Big time. He's like, even Mandy got another mention, though. So, you know, we've, uh, I've, I've got to hope that Jeffrey will be given the respect mm. that one might hope he earned. Did he he's put the time in. Like, he's he's been here for a good few books now at this yeah. stage. Yeah. Um, he's earned his place. <laughs> apparently, he's one of the happiest couples in Sweet Valley Okay. <laughs> if you say so, Blurb writer. Sure. So, I guess uh, now we've we've set the scene, um, 
we should dive right in. Let's because do it. We, be- we begin one Monday morning in the boudoir of Elizabeth Wakefield. Huh. And uh, she wakes up and takes her a moment before she remembers the stunning news that we got at the end of the last book and in the blurb. Todd is returning to Sweet Valley. Oh my God. <laughs> so we got a little recap of the Todd backstory, including, you know, him getting together with Suzanne Devlin in one of the Christmas books. Yeah, I was actually surprised they mentioned that because usually those special editions are just like a parallel universe. Yeah. They don't really come up again. But there we go. Exactly. It's canon, which I'm mm. really surprised by because I think that's probably the only time that, you know, a special is is part of the main narrative. I feel like that too, yeah. Because, I mean, there was major players involved in it and actual kind of stakes and, and existing relationships, we'll say, whereas usually they'll have a fling with some guy on holiday and then we never hear from him again. And it's like, exactly. that's fine. But, uh, yeah. No, in this case, apparently that, uh, that's part of the of the official Sweet Valley story. Mm. Um, so, you know, we know that they were both sort of happy for each other seeing new people, but uh, turns out that Todd and Suzanne are in the past. Done so. Mm-hmm. Um, so Liz belatedly remembers that Jeffrey exists because <laughs> conveniently he wasn't at the party when Lila revealed all about um, Oh, yeah. They explain it away that he's been away over the weekend because like even if he hadn't been at the party, like somebody would have told him immediately over that weekend. Like, But they've kind of been like, no, he's been out of town since... Yeah. Very handy. Yeah. Uh, so she wonders quite bluntly if she'll still want to go, to go out with them. Now, no. back. <laughs> and my notes say, not for the last time, poor old Jeffrey. Oh. <laughs> so uh, Jessica bounces in, dying to know what Liz is going to do. And we're told that, uh, quote, Jessica had never been crazy about Todd Wilkins. In her opinion, Todd was dull. And Todd and Elizabeth as a couple had been even duller. <laughs> she thought that Jeffrey was more fun. I mean, is he? I, like, based on what exactly? Because he seems like he's just blonde Todd with slightly less yeah. rage issues. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, we'll find out he is quite noble in this. But yeah, he's definitely not fun. And no. he, he actually kind of did have not quite rage issues, but he was a bit like, you know, shut up and let me kiss you, you little fool. He was kind of grabby, wasn't he? Like, you know, grabbing people's arms and not letting them leave and that kind of thing. I think when he came into it first and we were like, fuck this guy. But uh, yeah. he's mellowed, I guess, since. I know. Oh, and he was going off doing his photo things with Olivia and her plastic <laughs> face. <laughs> is that fun? I don't think it is. Yeah. Anyway, Je- Jess thinks that Jeffrey and Elizabeth have sort of become too settled and boring themselves now. So it's basically, they're like Todd and Elizabeth. Two oh, mm. so uh, Jess isn't particularly, you know, invested in them as a couple anymore, and she's convinced that clearly Elizabeth needed some intrigue and spice in her life. And with Todd <laughs> moving back to Sweet Valley, it looked as if she was going to get it. Because <laughs> I, love the, I love that Jess is like she needs more intrigue and spice in her life. When like what was it three books ago, if even that uh, Liz was like stuffed into the boot of a car or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, they they do have goldfish-like memories. It's true. <laughs> AJ? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not mentioned in this either. Well, we're told that to Jessica, spice and intrigue were what life was all about. She only lived once, after all. So I guess that's why she doesn't remember her serious <laughs> beloved boyfriend who she was obsessed with like five months ago. Oh, God. 
And uh, we get a twin comparison that includes a good description of their unique style. I don't know whether does this count as an outfit? Are you going to mention this later on? No, we can go with this because there's actually a fair bit of outfit talk in it. So we can go for this because it's not so much an outfit as it is like a vibe. Some would say we're told that the twin in the wild zebra striped miniskirt had to be Jessica. The twin in conservative khakis and a comfortable short sleeved cotton shirt was found to be Elizabeth. She's dressed like an elderly retired man. Seriously, it sounds like pizzazz from Gem and the Holograms and her man. Like (laughs) her granddad. Yeah. Well, Jessica hopes that Todd and Jeffrey will literally fight for Liz. She thinks, like in the old days, a duel. The idea clearly appealed to Jessica. She giggled. Picture Todd and Jeffrey going at it with French fries and the Terry Burger. God. Well, Liz is not so amused. And she's also wondering why she hasn't heard directly from Todd, why she had to hear this news from Lila overhearing something in a, clo- in a sewing shop. And Jessica says she's sure that Todd will want to go out with Liz again. But Liz points out, well, she hasn't heard anything from him in over a month. Mm. But this means nothing to Jess. You can't imagine anybody not wanting to date someone who looks just like her. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. Yeah, it's annoying, but she's also not wrong. So (laughs) thanks for annoying. Good point. At school, Liz uh, has just broken the news to Jeffrey, who receives it about as well as he possibly can i mean there's True. no yeah good way to, you, like, to go down yeah like there's no yeah it was never going to be good news for jeffrey like no. so in fairness to him you know he takes it on the chin and he you know yeah. <laughs> as you say as well as he could take it and at least she actually tells him immediately because this could have been one of those things where she faffs over and back about oh i want to tell him but the moment isn't right and then he finds out from somebody else anyway but I suppose with time being of the essence with this in particular, she actually just tells them immediately, which is, it feels yeah. unusual for this series. Yes, actually, there's quite a lot of people telling people at the right time, which is refreshing. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Usually we go for pages and pages of like them going, well, I haven't told them yet. Yeah, just, just pick up the phone. Yeah. Well, actually, Jeffrey says, which I think is very mature of him, he just goes, uh, well, I guess I look forward to meeting Todd. I know his old friends think a lot of him. He must be quite a guy. Oh. I mean, fair play to him. I, think I, I don't think I could even be that enthusiastic in this circumstance. No, it's like, okay, fine, they're coming back. I don't ever want to see them, but like, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, Liz, Liz knows that she should tell Jeffrey, you know, don't worry, I don't care about Todd coming back, but she can't. And as my notes say, Liz, you should just break up with the poor sap then and there. Look, this is it. Like the fact that she knows herself that she'd only be lying if she was like, nothing's going to happen and we're totally together now. It's like, like you know yourself you're not fully in this. So just bail out, girl, and save poor Jeffrey the trouble. Like. I know, because he awkwardly asks if their movie date for Friday is still on. And she's like, Aww. of course it is. But when he walks off, she's like, I guess I can't really reassure him. And oh, God, she acknowledges yeah. to herself that if she does have a choice between her and or between him and Todd, it won't be an easy choice to make. Mm. So of course she turns to Enid and they head off to the dairy burger and Liz is looking forward to, you know, burdening herself to her because it's not like Jessica's much help. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're told Jessica always meant well, does she? But her far-fetched schemes were usually better suited to movie scripts than real life. I mean, she she doesn't always mean well. And in this book, she doesn't either. Because all her advice, is, is for most of it, is based on her own 
uh, self-interest. That's it. Like she, she hardly, she rarely means well. Like she usually finds <laughs> ways to engineer the situation to benefit her somehow. Like that's kind of her MO really here. Exactly. But sadly, Liz doesn't get to pour her heart out to Enid because when they head inside the Dairy Burger, the gang is all there, including Jeffrey. And she, he uh, puts her ar- his arm around her in a kind of protective fashion. And she hopes that nobody will bring up Todd, but like... Of course they do. Because of course it's Lila who starts things off. And we're told that making people feel uncomfortable is one of her favourite hobbies. (laughs) Goddamn Lila. (laughs) She's pretty terrible in this book. I mean, terribly entertaining, but not not a good person. No, like, look, we love her, but she is, look, all your faves are problematic. And this is never more (laughs) true than when it comes to Lila Fowler. (laughs) Very much so, the ultimate problematic fave. Well, we're told that Tossing her long, light brown hair over one shoulder, Lila rested her elbows on the wood-topped table, taking care not to slag her silk blouse. I just, I mean, iconic. She's just, oh, she's Joan Collins trapped in the body of a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> she totally is. She's a Lexus for for our new generation. Fantastic. By the, by the way, what state are the Dairy Burger tables in? If they're like covered in splinters and you might snag your silk blouse on them. Fuck's sake. <laughs> That's it. And they say it's wood topped as well, which is not the Dairy Burger vibe that we've decided, you mm. know, that it's like a 50s diner. That's kind of the buzz. Oh, my but, uh, we decided to ignore the the makeover that they gave that was all like yellow and dark timber. It was like, oh. that never happened. That was a collective fever dream. I know. The Doherty brothers should have uh, kept that one to themselves. Oh, was it Doherty or Doherty? Oh, was it Doherty, I think. Doherty, yeah. Uh, well, Doherty brothers, we refuse to believe that you have covered the tables of the Dairy Burger in some sort of manky old wood that's like splintering yeah. all over the place. Yeah, we're just, we're not having that. It's chipped for Micah and that's what's yes, happening. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, Lila would obviously look regal in any circumstances. True. And she's got some hot gossip. She's heard that Todd's dad has been appointed president of Varitronics. Ooh, it's the up and coming business. <laughs> apparently it's so, like, high end that his job will put her, Todd's dad, in the Fortune 500. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. It's quite a step up for the Wilkinses. <laughs> well, also a revelation of just quite how rich Lila's dad is. <laughs> True. <laughs> so Jessica, of course, is awestruck to hear this, but Liz is kind of a bit, hmm, but she refuses to show it. And she also covers her shock when Lila reveals some other news about the Wilkins family. That's right. Yeah, because it was they sold their house when they moved back oh. along. Um, but now that they're coming back, they've bought a mansion <gasps> down the road from Fowler Crest. <laughs> Indeed. And Liz can't imagine Todd living in luxury because we're told he had always been the first to roll his eyes at Lila's protections or to tease another rich Sweet Valley friend. Is he a friend? Bruce Patman, whenever he started boasting. But now it appeared that Todd was going to share Lila and Bruce's elevated social status. Oh my God. So it turns out Ken has also received a letter from Todd. And that also, that included some other news, which is uh, sh- quite shocking. It is, yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, no one probably really expected this, whatever yeah. the mansion stuff, because obviously they're going to have to get a new house. But uh, when he comes back, he will not be attending Sweet Valley High. He's <gasps> going to a fancy private school called Lovett Academy. 
which we've never heard of before. Never, never. Like, and it's in Cedar Springs, which like, who? What? <laughs> oh, especially as, didn't we have all the stuff with Stu- Susan Stewart and that fancy ball and that involved another school nearby, oh, yeah. like Riverside or Riverdale? But that was something else again, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. How many fancy private schools are there around here? Wow, I mean, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I suppose there's a... Uh, you know, the, the Sweet Valleyans have um, the wrong side of the tracks in town, but I guess the other towns don't even have the Trisha Martin neighbourhoods. <laughs> True, Sweet Valley is the wrong side of the tracks for them. Oh, <laughs> take that back. <laughs> so um, Lila is only delighted when it becomes clear that Liz is completely unaware of all these things because she hasn't, she admits she hasn't heard from Todd recently. And luckily Enid changes the subject and conversation becomes general but Liz she can't even listen when Te- Ken starts talking about an English paper they have to write for the class of Mr Collins <laughs> and you know it's bad if she's not paying attention to something that involves Mr Collins I know who sadly doesn't make a direct appearance so it's probably Aww. for the best because we don't want him getting too involved in Liz's love life true yeah this is definitely for the best yeah so where Liz is worried about Todd's new role and we are insanely told that now Todd would, quote, practically be a celebrity. Todd had always been fun, intelligent and popular. Now that he was rich, he would probably be even more popular than before. These people are the shallowest <laughs> creeps on earth. So shallow, like. <laughs> like, Liz is like, oh, maybe I won't even have a choice about getting back with Todd. He's going to be all fancy now. Oh my God. Yeah, she's like, plenty of girls, wealthy, beautiful ones, we're bound to chase after him now. And it's like, they obviously suck, but okay. (laughs) I mean, are we really surprised to learn that the denizens of this part of California are the shallowest people on earth? Because (laughs) the last 57 books have proved this. We we have learned nothing. (laughs) Exactly. After the girls leave, poor Jeffrey is completely, God, I've said poor Jeffrey again, not for the last time, listeners. He's all distracted when Aaron's trying to talk about sports things um, because he just is understandably extremely worried about what's going to happen with, with Liz. And we're told that he had walked around to her car when she left and they kissed goodbye, but she just can't, he can't forget that how she hasn't even tried all this time to reassure him about Todd coming back. Like she's not pretending it's not, it's all completely that's it like because if, if she was if she was properly in it with Jeffrey she would be reassuring him and being like look you've nothing to worry about like Todd's just an old friend now at this stage and it's all cool but like she's extremely like evasive and yeah. clearly holding <laughs> something back and he's just like oh god damn <laughs> your instincts are right Jeffrey I'm sorry to tell you and he, he tries to play cool and he asks Ken to tell him about Todd they all go on about how amazing Todd is and uh, <laughs> okay oh, Ken <laughs> But Ken, I, my favourite himbo, just not reading the situation. And he's just like, Todd's great. He's amazing. I love Todd. <laughs> and Jeffrey's like, oh, great. <laughs> Poor old himbo Ken. Putting his <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> he, he means well. He does. Unlike Jessica. And Jeffrey pretends that, you know, oh, I'm sure I will like him. But he couldn't help thinking that if it came, out for an all, it came to an all-out contest for Elizabeth's love, he would lose. Oh, Jeffrey. I know. Well, my notes say poor Jeffrey for the second time in one paragraph. So that's a lot lot of Jeffrey pity. Yeah. (laughs) Cut to Friday and Liz finds home to find a letter in her mailbox. And who could it be from? Finally, it's actually from Todd. (gasps) And it looks like it, it, well, it clearly got lost in the mail because it was redirected loads of times. Mm. And she's, this is actually, I have to say this all rings quite true. 
because she's really relieved that he hasn't forgotten. Because it would actually be really hurtful if everybody, fucking Ken was getting letters from him. Um, True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's like everybody knew that he was coming back and he'd filled everybody in on all his news stories and, you know, what he was going to be up to, except for Liz. And they obviously had been in regular contact and still writing to each other as pals. So for her not to hear anything is a bit like, oh, God damn, what the hell is this? So her relief actually feels, you know, you have that feeling where you think you've been forgotten about. But then you realise you haven't, you know. It's fine. It was just lost in the post. Yes. So it comes across very well and... uh, uh, and it has to be said that Liz is, I mean, she should just break up with Jeffrey at the start because it's clear where it's going to go. Yeah. But I have to say that psychologically it is quite realistic. That's true, it. yeah. Um, so it turns out that his letter tells her all, all about his dad's job and how he's going to the new school. And by the way, we get a justification for why the Sweet Valley High gang oh, no, don't go to a private school. We're told that the very strong public school system deterred other well-to-do Sweet Valley st- High students from attending Lovett. <laughs> so in so case good. you thought that Bruce and Lila couldn't afford to go there. Yeah, don't worry, they're still super duper rich, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but Todd basically says he... He wants to pick things up where they left Ooh. off. Oh, my God. He says, no girl has ever meant as much to me as you did, as you still do. I'm only wondering, where do I stand with you? <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, because Liz was kind of assuming or kind of telling herself, at least, that like when Todd comes back, he might not be single and this might not even be an issue yeah. because he could be, well, she knew he wasn't seeing Suzanne, but he could still be seeing somebody in yeah. Vermont. Like, so, exactly. yeah, but obviously that's not the case. Oh, very much not. So later, Enid calls over and Liz and Enid make a kind of gross sounding dinner in the Spanish child kitchen. It's got like hamburger in it and noodles. Yeah, egg noodles and burger. So do they just mean mince? Like, I was wondering, do they just mean mince? I'm guessing yeah. they must. Because there's like tomato sauce. Yeah, and it's a casserole. So like that. I don't know what I don't is. know. <laughs> It doesn't look very appetising, I'm sorry no. to say. Tell us, listeners, if this is like some some dish that we're, we're misunderstanding. <laughs> and while they make this concoction, Liz admits that she's not being straight with Jeffrey because she genuinely doesn't know how she feels. And Edith is quite sensible and says, look, Jeffrey loves you. You can deal with, you know, a few days of you trying to get your head around this. But um, Liz doesn't know what to how to handle Todd. Uh, and she says, I wouldn't want him to get the wrong idea to think either that I'm ready to drop everything for him or that I don't care at all. And I guess it is pretty awkward. True. But yeah, at the same time, you do have a boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, she decides that she's, um, she's, she's going to be patient and she's going to welcome Todd back to Sweet Valley and just see what happens. And the most important thing is to renew their friendship. And she's surprised when Jessica, who's just barged in, adopts a more serious tone. Because Jessica has a bit of an ulterior motive. She, she d- Of course she does. <laughs> it's Jessica. Um, but yeah, she reckons that as nice as Jeffrey was, he was still just Jeffrey, whereas Todd was now a somebody. <gasps> so, so unsurprisingly, Jessica is exactly the type of shallow bitch that would go chasing after or suddenly be way more interested in someone now that he's rich. Yeah. Um, so she figures that now that he's going to that fancy school, Lovett Academy, uh, that all the guys there are going to be, you know, handsome and smart and rich. So she's going to try and bag herself a Lovett guy. Yep. We're told she had absolutely no qualms about playing the part of third wheel. After all, she would only tag along enough to find a fourth wheel. <laughs> <laughs> her very own Lovett man. 
Liz is pretty much like, what the fuck? You were telling me something totally different like this morning. And Jessica says she's looking after Liz's best interests, but thinks your best interests and mine. Oh God, Jessica. She's honest with herself. Well, she's honest with somebody at least. (laughs) She's so shallow. I can't believe that they had the gall to tell us earlier in this book that she means well when she's clearly all about Uh, Tim Jessica. We're not new to this. We know what she's like. <laughs> we cut to Sunday morning. And Todd is on his way to the Wakefield house. Yeah, he's actually like he's calling over to her nearly immediately. Like is he he's literally just dropping bags at the new house yeah. and then heading straight over to see Liz. And she's so nervous she couldn't even eat the eggs benedict that Ned prepared for her breakfast today. Fancy making the mm. holiday sauce first thing on a Sunday morning. Oh my God. Um and uh, she's all dressed up for him. I'm not going to reveal the outfit, but let's just say a certain fabric is involved again. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much silk in this book. It's insane. So much. So much. And she's also got a, a certain accessory on. And I'm not talking about the lavalier or the <gasps> barrettes. Is this the first time that she's not worn the lavalier? Like, I feel like it is. I believe so. Well, what are you wearing instead, Karen? She's wearing a locket that Todd gave her. <gasps> As my notes say, oh my God, just put Jeffrey out of his misery. <laughs> Literally, like, yeah. Because it's like, it actually says, like, when she began dating Jeffrey, the locket was relegated to the bottom drawer of the jewellery box. And now Todd's coming to see her. And her first thought is, like, better throw on that locket with a picture of him in it or whatever the fuck is in it. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on, Liz. You clearly know where you stand on this. So, yeah, exactly. poor Jeffrey. So Todd arrives and they embrace. And his brace was wonderfully warm, strong and familiar. Elizabeth nestled her face against his muscular chest. Oh my goodness. That's she always had. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they, so they, they express their joy to see each other again. And Todd says, we don't have to say everything today. We don't have to say anything. It's enough for me just to look at you, to be with you. Mm. He sounds like Carl the Orderly. He does <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> And of course, he gets all excited when he sees the locket. Understandably, in like, fairness. Of course he does. Come on. That's such a big symbolic thing to do. Like, I don't know what she was at. I know. She says, it's like, oh, it's just to welcome you back. But like five seconds later, they're almost kissing. Yeah, true. Like they sort of come closer and closer. But then Liz jumps to her feet. And luckily, Jessica turns up to distract um, both of them from the situation. And Liz mm. is in a whirl because her head is wrecked, basically. And Todd's only been back for an hour. So... <laughs> And he's he's clearly part of the family. So we cut to a couple of days later and Ned Wakefield is toasting Todd at a special Wakefield dinner that they're holding in his honour. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Liz catches Todd's eye because it turns out that she had bet Todd her father would make like a toast in his honour. And... Uh, the bet was a double dip cone at Casey's and he leans over and says, any flavour you want. Jesus, Todd. <laughs> In a low voice. <laughs> so the flirting basically has already begun. In earnest, yeah, big time. And apparently this is the first time they've seen each other in person since that Sunday reunion because Todd's been over at his new school and it was Alice's idea, not Elizabeth's, to invite him over. Um, 
So she's not trying to sort of bring him back into the family fold, but she's not fighting it. No, that's true. And in fairness, like, again, poor Jeffrey, because like, that's a lot to be dealing with. Right? It's like, yeah, I know you're friends now, but like the parents having him over for dinner is very like, welcome back to Liz's actual boyfriend. Yes, yeah, I really is. <laughs> like, oh. come on, Wakefield, you might like him better, but you can't be that overt about it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't think it's really cool of that analysis, no. it has been said. And of course, in fairness to Elizabeth, she has told Jeffrey that Todd is coming over. Yes. Um, she says she hadn't worried because she figured there was no reason for Jeffrey to take offence or feel threatened. Eh. I mean, I would, but okay. <laughs> I know, but then she's caught, but at the same time, she's being very disingenuous because she, she acknowledges that she's been a bit weird since Sunday. And she also acknowledges that to Jeffrey, dinner with the family probably made it sound as if Todd was being ushered back into his old position as her boyfriend. Yeah. Of course it does. Look at it is. Yeah. <laughs> So suddenly, even though she was just joking around with Todd about ice cream cones a few seconds ago, she's she's suddenly feeling so guilty she could hardly eat. Um, and uh, she's basically tormented. And Jessica asks Todd about Lovett Academy and it sounds extremely fancy. Super fancy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Rory School at Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> and... Todd? With horses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very well. Yes. And the road stables. <laughs> so Todd says the students are just like you know, anybody else, but we're told that most of them are the children of wealthy businessmen or famous movie directors. They have both of those things in Sweet Valley. They do. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Lyle and Bruce found dead. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Susan Stewart. And Susan, a- yeah. <laughs> movie director, secret dad that turned yeah. up after all the fucking raring was done. Like. <laughs> and isn't Dee Dee's dad like a casting director? He's a casting director. Like, yeah, there's plenty of fucking glitz at Sweet Valley Highlands. <laughs> oh, no, don't get your head turned so easily. Um, God, I'm just thinking of the distracted boyfriend meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, big time. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so... Uh, we're told, we're reminded that Todd is now moving in fancy circles with this fancy new house and Liz thinks it's only a matter of time before this new home is known as the Wilkins Estate. Ooh. That just sounds like a manky old housing estate in Ireland. Oh, it does a bit. <laughs> and um, uh, Todd is, is, is telling them about his classmates and we're told that they have strange names like Courtney, Sheffield and April. Like, okay, most the first two names especially would be unusual on this part of the world but Courtney can't be that exotic in the 80s like Courtney Love and Courtney Cox were both adults in the late yes. 80s Courtney seems like a very like regular American girl's name like between yeah. like 80s and 90s like I that, that is there is nothing strange about that I wouldn't have thought no exactly um, well anyway Liz wonders how she'll fit in with such glamorous figures and after dinner, Liz and Todd hang out by the pool and he says that it's just like the old days, but uh, she knows it's not like the old days because she's torn between two lovers feeling like a fool. Oh my God. <laughs> he also makes a comment about how they have to skip the ice cream tonight that he owes her because uh, he says there's there's no room in here oh, even for one scoop of heavenly hash. <laughs> When I read this, I was like, okay, what am I missing here? <laughs> I was the same because I don't think they're doing some form of like... the. 
hash ice cream. This is <laughs> you it. Like, Google hash like, yogurt. In I literally typed into Google hash ice cream thinking, yeah, okay, I know it's going to come back here. However, like immediately all the results were like heavenly hash, vanilla marshmallows mixed into chocolate ice cream. Like it's oh. apparently a completely standard type of ice cream. And I was just like, this is nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't really think it was going to be basically edibles. But no, I, of course not. At the same time, I was genuinely confused because I know about like hash brownie or hash brown <laughs> sorry not hash brownies too. I know about hash brownies too <laughs> just say no kids oh stop but like that was it because I was reading it I was like okay this is clearly something that has just gone way over my head because I have never heard these two words put together like in an ice cream context you could least. not call a some sweet treat heavenly hash on this side of the Atlantic I'll tell you like, what is happening but yeah like and it's so because like straight away I was like all the Google results are going to be ridiculous now for this and they're just going to send me to some shop in Amsterdam but like yeah. all the results were like yes this is ice cream that you can get how do I make heavenly hash here's how you make it so yeah it's a real uh, thing kind of hoped that they'd be moving on to Sweet Valley High the soft drug years but <laughs> god knows Enid Rollins losing her shit oh shit yeah <laughs> She means back in the bennies in no time. <laughs> Driving over kids. <laughs> Take myself. I'm just going to come down now with some heavenly hash. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why Todd is pretty much declares his love. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's uh, he's coming on strong. Yep. He tells her explicitly, I'd like us to be more than friends, but he knows the time isn't right and says he'll wait for her. Ooh. And he says, just let me believe there's some hope for us. And she doesn't say there isn't. I know. She's just, she's not telling anyone anything straight, really, is she? God, no. And he says that, you know, I still owe you that ice cream and uh, I'll get it. You know, why don't we go and get some ice cream before Winston's party on Saturday? Because Winston's having a party. And this is another reminder, by the way, that Winston is entirely part of the gang. And that weird stuff about the other, like, Ken and Bruce kind of picking on him is just bullshit. That isn't... Coherent. Absolutely. Yeah, he's completely one of the lads. Like, it's so strange. I know. Well, of course, Liz is going to this party with Jeffrey, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend, yeah, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and Todd is like, oh, well, maybe another time. There will be one, won't there? She's like, of course there will. Hmm. Again, my notes say, poor Jeffrey. Oh, God. She's like, how is she supposed to know what to do? And it's like, break up with Jeffrey. Put him out of his misery. Oh, God damn. We cut to a few days later. It's Friday night and Jeffrey is pulling out all the stops. The poor sap. Oh, the poor lad. He's just like, he's really going to town, like doing his absolute most. <laughs> doing oh, the most. Yeah. yeah, he's got a big bouquet of gro- roses and she says they're beautiful. And we get some proper OTG stuff because he goes, For real? <laughs> not, as he- not half as beautiful as you, sweetheart. Jeffrey growled in a fairly good imitation of Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> I can't really do a good bogey impersonation, as you can hear, but if I did full, full OTG, it would be, not half as beautiful as you, sweetheart. <laughs> Which I, I will prefer. take it. <laughs> And he jokes he's taking her out for, for just for a pizza. And she gives him a playful punch and says, I didn't wear silk to eat pepperoni. Bitch, you wear silk every other day, so why not? <laughs> Lila was eating silk in a fucking dairy burger. Like. True. <laughs> and he says, no, I wouldn't waste all that on Guido's Pizza Palace. And they head off and Jeffrey feels relaxed for the first time since he heard about Todd returning and... 
everything's fine, he thinks. Well, he thinks for about two seconds when it's just the two of them. He can sort of pretend that uh, Todd isn't isn't around. Um, and he's, he's, I don't know, it's, he's very much deluding himself because I think even already he knows things aren't right. Oh, big time, yeah. Like, they do have a nice dinner and like, it's, it's a fancy place that he takes her to and it's all very nice, but like he knows himself as kind of like the, the last desperate attempts of his to kind of lock Liz down, but it's it's not going to yeah. happen. Like she guess, he asks her to guess where they're going and she um, she guesses right that it's someplace called the Valley Inn that we've never heard of. And very misguidedly, he says, you win a romantic dinner for two at the Valley Inn with the man of your choice, providing that's me. And like, I would not joke about that if I were oh, you, Jeffrey. Yeah. Mm-mm. Way too near the surface. Yep. <laughs> So they have a really nice time and Jeff- Elizabeth looks so radiant that Jeffrey can almost forget the torture he's been going through all week because Liz still hasn't reassured him. Oh my God. Her commitment. And we're told, of course, it went without saying that Todd would still want to date Elizabeth. How could anyone not love Elizabeth Wakefield? I mean, I can give you a few reasons, Jeffrey. <laughs> you really want them. They would fall on deaf ears, let's be real. <laughs> no, very strangely, he thinks that, and I quote, he hadn't realised until this moment just how deeply he had come to care for Elizabeth. Like, we've been told beforehand that they are madly in love and that they're True. the happiest yeah. couple in town. Hmm. So, anyway, after the meal, they head off for a bit of a couple time up at a cliff. And Jeffrey tells her that the last few months have been the best, happiest times of her, her, of her his, his life. And he asks her, does she feel the same way? And she just goes, you're such a special, wonderful person. I Ooh. care about you so much. Yikes, it's very, I love you. And I love spending time with yeah. you. <laughs> you're so special. Really that was care. not the question, Liz. <laughs> I really care about you. No. She basically says, look, I don't actually know what I want. Yeah. And uh, not really sure if I still want to grow up with you now. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't put it like that, but that is Pretty much what she's saying. It is the gist. And we're told the disappointment to the chat on Jeffrey's face was unmistakable, but she couldn't encourage him to hope until she could honestly swear they belonged together. And now her feelings for Todd make it impossible. <laughs> and then she tells him, well, I've worked out what I want. You'll be the first to know. I should hope to fuck so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kind of the bare minimum there, Liz. <laughs> like, this is meant to be her serious boyfriend. She's like, do you know, I don't know if I want to still go out with you, but, like, I'll tell you when I've made up my mind. Uh, I'll be in touch. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so cut to Winston's party, where the gang are literally making bets on who will win Elizabeth's heart. <laughs> I mean... Really. Can you blame them though? I mean, <laughs> oh no, I'd be doing the same probably. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, Jessica's loving this and thinks that her twin was in a position most girls would envy. She had her choice of two gorgeous guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd is at the party, and it's pretty obvious to everybody that Liz is not totally chill, and neither is Jeffrey. Oh yeah, it's it sounds awkward to be honest, because like. Is it Jess is kind of the one that kind of pushes Jeffrey over to meet Todd? Or no, she's chatting to Todd and then pushes yeah. him over to meet Jeffrey. So it's like, how long have they been at they been at this party? Like, are they just standing on opposite sides of the room eyeballing each other? Like, it sounds weird and awkward. It's just in Winston's house, so it's yeah. not like it's in some big ballroom. There must they're True. both like his house. They're both standing in the sitting room, like looking at each other basically and not talking to each other. And it sounds like Jeffrey has his arm possessively around Elizabeth's waist. I just. Waste and Jessica literally thinks, enjoy it while you can, Jeffrey. Oh, God. 
<laughs> By the way, we're reminded that not uh, not too long ago, Jessica had contemplated falling in love with Ken for lack of anything better to do. The romantic possibilities of Sweet Valley High were really wearing thin. So rude. Poor Ken. He's not a consolation prize. <laughs> Isn't he, Karen? No, he's not. You leave him alone. <laughs> Well, because like she realizes that, you know, if she had resorted to Ken, it's time for her pastures new. And that's why she's going to snare Todd. And I guess that's why, as you say, she she kind of pushes him over to Jessica or to, to Jeffrey because she hopes that seeing the two of them side by side will make Liz choose the Toddster. Pick Todd, yeah. And she she really is a monster. Like <laughs> She knows that it's all kind of awkward. Like she keeps talking to Todd about Moffat Academy and basically forces him into agreeing to take her and Elizabeth there on like a day trip. Yeah, to kind of give them a tour of the campus. And it's just so she can sort of get her foot in the door, I guess. Go about the local lads, yeah. So when she brings Todd over to Jeffrey, it is extremely awkward. Oh God, it really is. Yeah. She's all faux casual. She's like, oh, you, yeah, that's right. You don't know him. Jeffrey's new to town since you moved. <laughs> and we're told that as Jeffrey extended his right hand, he resembled a department store mannequin. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor Jeffrey fucking hell. Like, even when he's actually saying hello to him, he's like, heard a lot about you, Todd. Welcome back. He practically croaked. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, Todd isn't much better, we're told. He's equally stiff. Stiff, yeah. Oh, oh Jesus, the tension. <gasps> so, and Jessica's like, look at them. Isn't it obvious which one is the one for you? We cut to a week later and Todd is showing the twins around Lovett, including a dormitory called Wolf Hall. So somebody is a history fan. <laughs> Big time. That is not a coincidence. Unless maybe this is what uh, inspired Hilary Mantel. She's like, Do you know what? That would be good. Never know. Maybe she's a secret Sweet Valley fan. <laughs> um, Liz is not enjoying herself and she's intimidated by the students who were told aren't like the Sweet Valley High kids in jeans and t-shirts. By the way, we've been told this week a lot about the Sweet Valley High outfits and they are not just jeans and t-shirts. It is unusual. There's a silk shirt. There's like this fucking tuxedo. <laughs> These fuckers are always dressing like grown adults. <laughs> this is true. But here, the guys wear jackets and ties. And Elizabeth feels distinctly unglamorous, we're told. Mm. Um, oh, and, and she also remembers that Lila has been spreading a rumour around school about some girl from the country club who apparently has been playing tennis with Todd. That's right, because Todd's family now belong to the country club now that they're fancy rich people. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he's been he's been playing tennis with a friend of Lila's. Yeah, yeah. who's uh, whose dad happens to be the chairman of Veritronics. But uh-huh. Lila is, you know, Jess, Liz knows that Lila is uh, just talks nonsense sometimes, so she's not particularly, you know, worried yeah. about this. Um, she can't help wishing that sweet Todd was back in Sweet Valley High with her. And as they go into Wolf Hall, Todd is greeted by an exotic-looking girl with straight black hair with a Cleopatra-style cut. Ooh. She says there's a party going on and it is fancy. It's so fancy, but also like, what time of day is it? Like, yeah. they kind of say it's the afternoon. There's like a party going on in one of the dorms and it's like, what's the story here? Like, this is a party school, and no mistake. <laughs> are but, they on a rollover maybe? I don't know. Oh shit, maybe they are. Never stops. Well, they've got crystal chandeliers and Persian carpets. Oh, like there's a palm-filled courtyard and French doors. Like it is properly extravagant, like ridiculous, really. And it's even got its very own hunk. 
<laughs> oh my God, he sounds so hot though, in fairness. <laughs> well, he, we're told that they turned to look in the clear blue eyes of a boy who could have passed for a young Paul Newman. We've got Butch and Sundance now. Shit, oh my God, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> young Robert Redford, young Paul Newman. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> Well, Todd, by the way, puts an arm around Liz's waist and she feels mm. relaxed and secure. I think yeah. somebody you well, mm. I think Jeffrey would not be happy to do that. I yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> uh well we learned that the the Paul Newman lookalike is Sheffield Eastman, who's the waspiest man alive. Don't have to oh, be said he is actually very nice. He is very sound, yeah. He's got, just got such a fancy name. But also, like, young Paul Newman. Fucking hell. <laughs> Can we just I, take a minute for that? <laughs> let's just all think of that for a second. It <laughs> uh, doesn't matter what your sexuality is. I think everybody can appreciate young Paul Newman. Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of sexy strangers, Todd is greeted by a mysterious person who seems very over-familiar with him. She sure does. And it's gas, actually, because uh, fuck that earlier girl with the Cleopatra haircut. Oh, yeah. They introduced her as the girl now facing Elizabeth made the pretty girl in the lobby look dull as dishwater. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> Describe her, please. I sure will. Uh, yeah, she's tall and a body hugging suede dress oh. made the most of her curves. Oh, suede though. dress? Okay. Yeah. Uh, rich mahogany brown hair parted on the side fell in a sleek curtain against one bronze cheek. Clusters of wine red rubies <gasps> sparkled at her ears. And this bitch is called Courtney. Uh oh, <laughs> it's Courtney Kane. The Courtney. And her dad is chairman of Varitronics. She's the girl Lila was talking about. Oh my God. And, and she she's talks, smoking hot. <laughs> yes, and she talks about, oh, it was great. The reception was unbearably dull without you. And, you, and Liz realises that they've been basically going to fancy events. Mm. By the way, we're told that he has to escort her to these things because now his dad is president of Varitronics. And it's like, what, what, what kind of company is this? It's got like, the so rules of the 18th weird. century French court. Like, they Why? all have... They, you know, positions in it that they have to att- fulfil at social uh, engagements. It's so weird. It's like we're marrying off our children together because their alliance will form power for us. Like, what are you doing, lads? <laughs> I know. It's insane. So uh, Elizabeth probably doesn't think it's that weird. and But she does think, you know, Todd's clearly moving in a very different world. Mm. Meanwhile, Jessica is chatting to Sheffield, who tells her about his African safaris. Where in Africa? Like what country? They have form with this and like Europe as well though. So, you know. Oh, true, true. There is that. He is quite the traveller as we'll find out later. And we're told he lives in the Cedar Springs and he, uh, his family have been living here for nearly a hundred years and somehow Jessica's impressed by this but we know from the Sweet Valley sagas that her family have been living for over a hundred years in Sweet Valley. True, yeah. They've got they've got a family tree all the way back. Yeah. And she thinks inexplicably, Sheffield's family probably founded Cedar Springs. He was just too modest to say so. why? Based on what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Fools. <laughs> uh, but it has to be said that Sheffield is kind of cool. He's he actually says that, you know, love it's a great place and it's a privilege to attend it, but it's not exactly the real world. If only more people who went to private school thought this, Sheffield. Oh look. I'm very impressed by your self-awareness because I can tell you there are a lot of people who go to private school who are a lot older than you who are not aware of this. (laughs) Um, 
Jessica obviously can't see that he has some sort of social awareness and uh, thinks that he's only saying it to make her feel better about going to public high school like a pleb. Because um, everything revolves around Jessica. Of course. And uh, she, he say, mentions that he's planning some sort of a pen, independent project that'll take him out of school for a while, which is an excuse for another Jessica flight of fancy. Oh, big time. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I suppose based on the fact that he went off on his safari, she reckons the independent project is going to be something extremely glamorous, probably with an international angle. And she's like, he looked like a yachtsman. Maybe he was going to sail solo around the world. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like, maybe he'd inherited a castle in England what? or a vineyard in France what? and had to go abroad to check it out. Like, what girl, what? Where's this coming from? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it all means she's delighted when he asked for her number. And later, Todd and Liz have a little awkward moment in the car and he reassures her he hasn't changed. And she's like, still the same old Todd. He's like, you bet. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. But speaking of old tricks, he's having a party. So. Oh, yes. They're going to have a big, like, welcome back. Or, you know, he's going to have a big party to welcome people. It's like a housewarming, basically, yes. isn't it? In the big new mansion. But just yeah. for him, not for his parents. And he's, uh, she says, uh, well, of course I'll go to the party. And then they they pretty much kiss. They kiss, okay? I was reading this too, and I was like, they're kissing right now. Because <laughs> they're like, it's like without speaking, he bent towards her. Instinctively, Elizabeth lifted her face. Todd's lips brushed against hers tentatively. For, tentatively. for a sudden, startling fraction of a second, it seemed that their mouths might meet in a real kiss. That is a fucking kiss. I know. Like, just because he didn't slip you the tongue, yeah. does not mean your yeah. lips are touching. You're not meant to do that with people you're not going... It's not your this. boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a boyfriend, this is like this is cheating. Yeah, I, yeah, and oh. they keep going. You know, oh, he had wanted to kiss her. They hadn't really kissed. It's like you literally oh. just did. Oh my god! <laughs> like you're in a monogamous relationship. Well, he thinks it is. You don't put your lips anywhere near anybody else's. <laughs> and she does feel guilty, but she's also like, oh, he wanted to kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she comes in, Alice tells her, oh, Jeffrey called. And she runs away crying. She literally, like Alice is like, oh, I told Jeffrey that you'd call him back when you got in. Elizabeth couldn't help it. She burst into tears and ran out of the room. <laughs> Um, and actually when Jessica finds her and comforts her it's one of the very few times she actually is quite sensible she's just like look just look after yourself like this is weird and I can't believe Jessica's being so sensible and not going I think you should go out and get Todd right now and get him to take you to Lovett Academy (laughs) (laughs) true now that she's gotten Sheffield's number she's like okay actually let's look after you (laughs) oh fair point yeah she's sort of got what she wanted (laughs) okay I'll take it back any compliments I may have made her Cut to Saturday morning and Alice actually does some good parenting. Oh, very unusual. Yeah. She asks Liz, like, what's up? Because she knows that she's not herself. And Liz confides in her and says she's been basically making pro and con lists like Ross and Friends. And (laughs) who, you know, who is best. And Alice says, look, that's not how you choose a partner. Got to listen to your heart. Don't panic about this Courtney stuff. Very sensible. Very sensible. Very unlike her. (laughs) And later that afternoon, Liz is trying to listen to her heart, but she can't because Jessica and Go are having a hilarious conversation about silk trousers. Oh my God. <laughs> of course. We've had enough of the silk blouses and now we're on to trousers. <laughs> Head to toe. Oh God. Yeah, she's wishing that she had bought a pair of raw silk trousers at BB's. 
Oh my God, fantastic. Apparently they match her eyes, so we can only imagine oh. how blue-green they are. Oh my God, aqua blue silk, oh, good yes. Lord. And eventually Jessica, or Liz, just tells her to shut up and don't bang on with these stupid fucking trousers. And uh, <laughs> Lila says that you need, she needs some fancy duds for Todd's party because, quote, it's probably going to be the biggest, splashiest event Sweet Valley's seen in ages. At least it's my last party. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> of course, no one has a party like Lila Fowler. It's true. And, yeah, Lila has heard all about it from her new pal, Courtney. Mm, it's all going down in the country club. Yeah. And it, uh, Lila says that uh, she's heard Courtney and Todd playing tennis together. Liz is a bit, ooh. And also, by the way, Liz then thinks, oh, she knows that Todd wants her to be at the party, but in what role? Would he be calling her to ask her formally to be his date? Does he want the whole valley to know, this is literally what it says, his heart still belongs to her? Liz, you have a boyfriend! I know! It's like, what if he does ask you to be his date? You're going to have to say no because you have a boyfriend unless you literally break up with Jeffrey. <laughs> Sorry, like, uh, okay, can I just call Jeffrey and then I'll say yes, thanks. <laughs> No, yeah. Just give me one second. <laughs> well, then she's brought down to earth because Lila has some more news about the dates for the party. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so what is it? She says that uh, Todd apparently has asked Courtney to be his date to the party and not only his date, his date, she's going to act as co-host. <laughs> I love it. It's like a game show or something. It's like, who co-hosts a party at the age of 16? Would you all calm down? <laughs> oh, they were so ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, we cut to the Lovett Academy stables where Courtney is just mounting her trusty steed. Oh my God, Courtney Holy shit, she's pure Disney villain, this one, like it's gas. She literally rides off in her sexy jodhpurs. Well, they call them riding breeches, but they are jodhpurs. And she smugly thinks, everything's going my way. (laughs) She's gas. By the way, she mocks Lila. Yeah, she's playing Lila basically. She says that Lila's been shameless. Apparently, Lila's like wanted to be her friend for a while, but she looks down on her, the fucking nerve of her. I know. Yeah, she says it's really too bad her, Lila's father, didn't send her to love it. She has everything in the world going for her, but she could use a little polish. So rude. So, yeah, Courtney knows that Jessica is uh, Elizabeth's twin sister and Jessica is Lila's best friend. And Elizabeth Wakefield is the only obstacle between Courtney and Todd. Oh, my God. And by the way, we're told that, like, Courtney clearly gives into this, you know, old school monarchy uh, vibe (laughs) because she thinks that with the Varitronics connection, it was obvious they were meant for each other. The son of the company president was was definitely worthy of her companionship. Now, what do you think, you fucking wolf hall? They're going to arrange marriages. Like, what's happening? (laughs) Tudor style. Weird. Oh my God. Um, so yeah she thinks that Elizabeth was pretty enough in a sweet goody two shoes way oh burn <laughs> amazing she's obviously not worthy of a love boy obviously and as she rides on she, she notices Sheffield and his brother Kent what like what are the other members of the family called like Liverpool and I don't know Portsmouth <laughs> it's my brother Manchester <laughs> Putting the man in Manchester. <laughs> oh, oh, and our cousin, Norfolk. <laughs> she thinks, by the way, Courtney thinks Sheffield is too boring. And it's probably because he's actually nice. 
true, yeah. But she's got, uh, she's not just saying hi to him for, you know, friendly reasons. She's got an ulterior motive. Indeed. It's to spread a story about uh, Elizabeth that she hopes will get back to Todd. Yeah, she, what is it that she says? She's like, she kind of lets him... Uh, how does she do this? Oh yeah, she says that supposedly Elizabeth and Jeffrey are more lovesick than ever and that Jeffrey gave her a ring recently. Maybe not an engagement ring, but the next best thing. What? Like, uh, what? 16! <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's so straight. Like, she's insane. But uh, yeah, she kind of says it <laughs> because Sheffield and Todd are such good pals. She's like, oh, you know, I don't want Todd to get hurt. Like, does he know about this? Mm. So, yeah. She's and, stirring it up. Yes, very much so. And Sheffield is obviously concerned for his new pal. Courtney goes off only delighted with himself, with herself. <laughs> Cut to the school where Sheffield has told Todd all and Todd clenches his fist, quote, around a potato chip bag, crushing the chips inside. Fury <laughs> <laughs> are back! But now they're effective, it's just a bag of crisps. He's taking it out on the crisps, no. <laughs> Innocent crisps have suffered. So Todd is all sad and he thinks he must have misread all the moments he's had with Liz and... Uh, but we're told that the girls in love it just can't compare with the wonderful simplicity of Elizabeth Wakefield. Oh, God. We're told they were all pretty, but they didn't have the simple, natural style Todd liked. They had too much makeup, too much jewellery, mm. too much perfume, mm. and too mm. little substance. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and there was She's not like other girls. Yet oh, again, this bullshit. Give me a break. <laughs> and there was Elizabeth. He imagined her soft, gentle, fragrant hair the way sure. she always smelled fresh and sweet talk to elizabeth she was real and she cared about so many things hmm. i mean has he actually talked to any of these girls in love it apart from courtney because obviously she sucks but yeah. like he's just like every other girl in love it is a pain in the ass like okay. not like kind of a sweeping her, statement not like saint elizabeth by the way, amazing. <laughs> uh, we're told that Todd is not enthusiastic about his party. He can't get out of it. And he remembers that he has to get a date to his own house. To his own house. Ridiculous, carry on. <laughs> and he decides that Courtney will basically do. But she doesn't yeah. get close to Liz, obviously. So we cut to the casa where Jess has rung Lila purely to gloat that Sheffield has rung her an asterisk. And Lila pretends she doesn't give a shit, but we're told Jessica didn't intend to be deprived of her opportunity to gloat. Oh, God. <laughs> They're back on frenemy territory again, yeah. yeah. And she felt it's kind of an unusual plan for the date. He wants to take her out for dessert and coffee. Yeah, and Lila's like, well, you won't pay for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently he, uh, what is it? He's got some kind of long meeting yeah. at school, uh, so he can't make it here until eight o'clock. But he didn't want to go the whole week without seeing her, so they're going to go out for dessert and coffee. Yeah. And it's not long before uh, Jessica is sailing along the palm-lined streets of Sweet Valley in a midnight blue Mercedes with Sheffield at the wheel. Oh my God, so swanky. <laughs> and he takes her to a fancy Italian restaurant just outside Sweet Valley. And Sheffield, again, he is really nice. He, he asks her all about herself. And then, uh, like, he's not a blowhard. He, she asks, she finally gives a, you know, asks him a question and he talks all about his travels and next up he's going to the to the USSR. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Soviet Union is next on my list. <laughs> oh, you know, he truly is a world traveller. Um, he is. And uh, he's he wants to get involved in sort of activism and philanthropy and the only reason Jessica is impressed by this is because 
basically being charitable, she thinks, is a sign of wealth. That is <laughs> yeah, her, her reasoning. It's so funny. Yeah, she's like, really rich and famous people were always involved in some philanthropic scheme or other. It's yeah. like, so, you know, not that it's a good thing to do. It's like, it's just what you do when you're really rich. Yeah. Once you have more money than you could ever possibly spend, it's fashionable to donate some to charity. Oh my she's God, such a she's monster gassed. and she also starts thinking oh maybe he's a bit boring it's just because he's nice and interested in things I know <laughs> yeah she's gassed yeah. so they go for a romantic stroll and uh, he tells her that he's got some this project he's big project he's planning at school and uh, she's intrigued but she forgets all about it when he gives her yeah she still doesn't know what it is or like he won't it's not ready yet or the details aren't worked out yet so he's like I'll tell you all about it when it's been approved yeah. so yeah so that'll come up later again of course mm. Cut to Thursday afternoon and Liz feels deja vu at the sight of another letter from Todd. But this time, it's an invite addressed to Miss Elizabeth Wakefield and friend. (gasps) Oh my God. And apparently it's like a slap in the face. But like, what does she want from him? (laughs) He can't ask you to be his date because you're going out with Jeffrey, remember? You have a boyfriend. And actually, then Jessica tries to comfort her by telling her, look, you were, you know, trying to choose between Ted and uh, Todd and Jeffrey. And now, you know, well, now you don't really have a dilemma because Todd clearly doesn't really want to go out with you anymore. He's basically saying, here you go. I've got another date. You've got a date. So you should be happy. But Elizabeth yeah. realises she isn't happy. Oh, man. <laughs> um, she she thinks that... Uh, um, there's, you know, her heart has basically given her the answer. And the answer is that I know it's Todd I love most. Yeah, no shit. I know. We could have all seen this coming from the beginning. But now she thinks Todd does not want her. Uh, uh, Jessica, of course, can't show any concern for more than two seconds because she gets a phone call and she's all delighted now because she's been asked out by Sheffield. Oh, so like, yeah, she's... She's scored. She, yeah. She's gotten what she wanted. So it's all good for Jessica. By the way, she says that he's like fancier than anyone they know. And Liz says, is he Bruce Patman Deluxe? <laughs> oh my God. Bruce Patman wishes. <laughs> By the way, she is such a monster that she just thinks Sheffield's going to be the key to a wonderful future for me. She doesn't even think that she likes him. No, it's, it's pure mercenary. Like, she's so funny. <laughs> she's monstrous. She really is. Ah. <sighs> But, Elizabeth, but uh, yeah, I think before we get to the next bit, should we take a teeny little break? Oh, we should to tell everybody about another great podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, of which we are, of course, proud members. That's right. So this week, uh, check out Pints of Malt. It's a podcast by four Irish Nigerian lads and they chat about pop culture and growing up in Ireland, current events and pretty much whatever takes their fancy. So there's no shortage of messing and slagging in it and it's great crack. So give it a listen. Yeah, do check it out. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically a group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories, growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria, and we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also had a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Pints of Mott podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where it is party night. Oh my God. (laughs) 
the excitement. I, they never get any parties. Oh, I know. Yes. I mean, they've probably had like two this week. So, you know, they, they need to get ready. Oh my God. Like, how are they not all just wrecked like all the time with <laughs> yeah. party fatigue? I feel tired just thinking about it sometimes. Like, no, it's one event after another. Like, Well, I mean, God, now I've got, I can't believe I am genuinely now thinking my brain has just gone. I wouldn't mind going to a party now. Though. Oh, I know. <laughs> Someday. They're so lucky. <laughs> I wouldn't even. I'd even go to one of one of Jeffrey's like boring, you know, like photo exhibitions. That would be enough. That would be enough for me right now. I would go to a pep rally. That's how bad oh. it's gotten. <laughs> well, I thought I was going for the worst thing with Jeffrey's photos of uh, a beach, but now <laughs> this is that is worse. Well, <laughs> Je- speaking of Jeffrey, he arrives to collect a Liz sporting. Can we, does this count as an outfit? Uh, no, I don't think he's so. sporting a paisley tie. Oh God! <laughs> and Elizabeth, he's pulling out all the stuff. Yep, well, when Elizabeth sees him, she goes, "Looking good, French." <laughs> he goes, "Let's go a look at you." <laughs> and it's all very forced. It is like yeah, it's extremely like he's making an effort to sound happy like she's miserable because she obviously knows that she wants to be with Todd yeah. at this stage and it's just yeah it's it's very strange Jeffrey is in torment uh, even though he knows that when Liz asked him to be her date that he'd won but he shouldn't have had to uh, be surprised when they when she asked him for a date because as we keep reminding ourselves they still haven't broken up and they were actually boyfriend and girlfriend exactly and he is still her boyfriend like she seems to keep forgetting that fact but yes. look, here we are <laughs> Well, we're told that she was affectionate and kind, but the sparkle was missing from her eyes. And when Jeffrey held her in his arms, she didn't respond as warmly as she had in the past. Uh Uh-oh. And Liz, we cut to her point of view. She wishes she hadn't agreed to go because she's all jealous of Courtney and everything's just... It's just not right. No, it's all, it's forced and it's strained and it's, it's not, it's not their usual easy, happy selves at all. Indeed. And when they go into the mansion, Todd is there and dressed to the nines with <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> Courtney by his side. Let's remember that these are 16 year olds. They this are is, children. This is not normal. <laughs> no, it absolutely is not. <laughs> and Liz is just... She, she wants to run away, basically. And Todd isn't very happy either because we're told that his expression was completely blank. The mask-like smile, as painted as, and artificial as Elizabeth's own, did not leave his face. Oh God, so everyone's miserable, basically. <laughs> oh, entirely. And Liz wishes she could just run away, but she follows Jeffrey down to the ballroom. Later on the patio, a slow song finishes and Jeffrey has, we're told, the haunting feeling that he has just held Elizabeth in his arms for the last time. Oh. And uh, yeah, that premonition is entirely correct. He was on the ball there, yeah, in fairness to him. <laughs> but then he sees something suspicious happening. Oh, like super suspicious. <laughs> Courtney is a cartoon villain. Like, it's so funny. It's like it was bad enough that she was soliloquying up a storm on her horse earlier. Moon uh, shadow. She literally like creeps over to um, the table that Liz had been sitting at. Uh, so she, yeah, as Jeffrey watched, Courtney stuck what looked like a folded piece of paper in Elizabeth's jacket pocket. Then she glanced around in a very suspicious fashion, yeah. like a bad actress in a low-budget spy movie, and walked away. <laughs> Fuck you, Courtney. <laughs> She's 
shit at being a villain. Lila would have done that so much better. True. Oh my God. And Elizabeth says she needs to go to the loo and Jeffrey decides that when she's gone, he's going to try and figure out what the hell Courtney is up to because we're told she didn't strike him as a particularly nice person. Again, Mm. your instincts are correct, Jeffrey. Yeah. And she sees, he sees Courtney put a hand on Todd's arm and draw him away from the other guests and Jeffrey decides to investigate he does although I have to say if I saw someone putting a note into someone's jacket like that and I knew there was something sus about it I'd be straight over to the jacket straight away and be like checking out the note and then go follow yeah. it like, I mean it is weird he doesn't look at it isn't it like I mean that's a huge temptation not to check out the note first but look he goes to following her and that's just that's Jeffrey's choice <laughs> yes plot contrivance but still <laughs> yeah I uh, just have to go with it <laughs> Because he overhears Courtney telling Todd that she has a headache and inexplicably decides she wants to have a lie down in the little gazebo that he showed her earlier on the West Lawn. Okay. Yes. Because you don't want to go like upstairs to a bedroom or anything. You just want to go to a a gazebo. No, maybe it's like a really fancy gazebo because I think doesn't Jeffrey call it like a summer house at some point? And it's oh, like, that's true. I suppose our idea of a gazebo is more like it's more outdoors than indoors. <laughs> but maybe it's like a fancy... I don't know. Maybe they're saying gazebo, but they mean like a fancy extra yeah, house. No, I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I think it could be a little summer house. It does have cushions and things in it. Yeah. So. They just have a spare house in their garden. Like, it's grand. <laughs> well, um, Todd doesn't seem particular, particularly excited about this, but he, t- he gives in to her demands and they head off with Jeffrey in hot pursuit. Mm. Meanwhile, Jessica and Sheffield have hit the dance floor. <laughs> they have. Jessica's fucking raring to go, but uh, Sheffield's like a more conservative dancer, whereas Jessica liked to get into the music and be wild. <laughs> we're told that their dancing styles were definitely different. Well, we know that she kicks up a storm all around her, usually down at the beach disco. She's fucking turning cartwheels and kicking drinks out of people's hands. <laughs> Oh my god! I will, uh, the this the mental image that comes to mind is really quite something. It is. <laughs> and we're told that uh, Jeff, Jessica doesn't mind his conservative dad's moves because what she might have classified as a drawback in another boy, she views tolerantly, toler- very very generous of her oh. in Sheffield's case, because his dancing complimented hers. Oh. Uh, so she's delighted by how hot and glamorous Sheffield is and she can't wait to show him off to the gang including Lila who's there with some randomer called Drake where does she get these guys from they're always slightly older than her as well it's like she has a secret stash of guys that she kind of drags out to these parties and we never see them again I know he's he's a sophomore in college like what the fuck are you doing going out with a 16 year old Drake you, he's a he's a fraternity member. He's ending up on a list, is what he is. <laughs> I hope he's already on it. And of course, this being Jessica and, and uh, Jessica and Lila, uh, Jessica can't remember the last time she had so much fun showing Lila up because that's what their friendship is based on. It's it's really been her driving force for the last couple of books, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And she's, she really encourages Sheffield to talk about how great she is, which she doesn't particularly want to do, but it's just basically so she can show him off to the gang. And yeah. she asks him about this, you know, special project he's supposedly working on. And he tells them that at senior year in Lavish, they all have to write a special research paper, like an independent topic. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do something more, more active. And Lila is just like looking at uh, Lila is pouting looking from Sheffield to Drake with obvious dissatisfaction oh Lila (laughs) and Jessica fantasises about what she imagines 
Sheffield would be doing. And it is ridiculous. Oh, like classic Jessica Flights of Fancy once again. Like we're done with inheriting castles in England oh, yeah. and uh, what was it? inheriting vineyards in France. Yeah. So <laughs> now she thinks that he's probably going to be spending the semester touring the medieval cathedrals of Europe, trading bonds on the floor of the New York what? Stock Exchange, <laughs> climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> like what the actual fuck? <laughs> Oh, she's so funny. Well, she's got a shocking store because Sheffield has some very different plans. It's not quite the glamorous um, sojourn that she was picturing anyway, that's for damn sure. (laughs) No. Can you tell us what he's planning to do? Oh, God. So, like, and again, like, Sheffield's cool and he's quite sound. And he kind of, he prefaces it by saying, look, for a while I've really been thinking about my lifestyle and my privileges. You know, I have everything to be comfortable and so much more. But there's lots of people who aren't so fortunate. So he says that he's been volunteering occasionally at a homeless shelter in Santa Barbara. And next year, he's going to be living there and working full time. And everyone's, like, (laughs) disgusted with him. It's so weird. Because they're monsters. (laughs) Because he wants to shed the trappings of wealth that he's selling his Mercedes. And oh Jess is like, what? Like, How could he do this to her? <laughs> the best is, of course, that Lila is delighted. We're told Lila was the one gloating now. Oh she practically God. laughed out loud at Jessica's flabbergasted expression. You're so noble, Lila cooed. Jessica didn't tell us you were such a saint. Oh my God. They're such shallow assholes. Like, it's so funny. He's actually doing something quite good and sound and, like, useful. (laughs) But they're just like, ugh. (laughs) Well, luckily, Ken and Winston are there to cause a distraction by clowning around near the pool. Yeah. And uh, with a a devilish grin, Bruce steps up and gave gave them the necessary push. That's right. So they both fall in the pool. But they also make these jokes about how uh, Ken is like teasing Winston saying, oh, you're such a champion swimmer. And they make jokes about them like him and Jessica being stranded (laughs) on an island at sea. And it's like, it's because it's a big joke now, but like they literally almost died, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, they fell into the Pacific. At least it's been a continuity though. We should be grateful. That's true too, yeah. (laughs) Again, AJ, where are you now? Well, once Bruce has shoved them into the pool, everyone's jumping in in classic AG style. True. And Jessica barely resists the urge to give Sheffield a shove because she hates him for being good. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> but uh, miserable Liz isn't having any part in these, these shenanigans because she just can't wait to leave. And then she finds the note in her mm. pocket. Oh my God. Yeah, she's um, she's in like a fancy bathroom downstairs and she, yeah, when she sees the note, it says, Dear Elizabeth, I'm waiting for you in the gazebo. I need to talk to you. It's very important. Will Uh-oh. you meet me here as soon as possible? And then just like describes where the gazebo is and says, you can't miss it. And it's signed Todd. But she's kind of looking at the note and she's like, it's been like printed. So like yeah. all in caps or that, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, Todd never writes like that. But she's just like, oh, I guess he wants to see me. What does it mean? <laughs> In this weird, unfamiliar handwriting. Yeah, Yeah. he really has changed. (laughs) Nothing suspicious about this. And we're told she couldn't hide the truth from herself any longer. I mean, she hasn't been hiding it at all, really. Elizabeth loved Todd as much as she ever had. She wanted them to be together again. She doesn't give Jeffrey another thought. Fucking okay, poor Jeffrey. Well, well, I guess she sort of, no, she does give him a very brief thought. She thinks she should tell her, like, this decent of her, but she can't find him. And we're told she spends, she looks frantically for him for like a minute. <laughs> 
It's a very big and house. Then, <laughs> oh, true, yeah. Uh, then she's like, oh, well, I tried. Off to find out. You have to go to the gazebo with me. <laughs> well, speaking of the gazebo... It's a bit of a sex alcove because Courtney's basically dragging Todd in there. And he's she's going on about it being super romantic. And then, of course, he kisses. She kisses him and he kisses her back. He does. Yeah. Like he doesn't stop her. But I suppose also as far as he's concerned, the whole thing with Liz is done. Like and she's with Jeffrey Mm, now. True. Well, we're told uh, here her warm mouth had found it. He didn't have a chance to pull away. Her warm mouth had found his and they were kissing. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't seem to bother you too much, Toddster. (laughs) They were kissing implies active participation, enthusiastic participation on your part. Um, Anyway, Liz sees all this and is horrified. And uh, he, she figures that basically Todd had asked her to meet him there so she could he could tell her about Courtney. And she runs away crying and drives off into the night. Oh. But someone else has seen all this. Who could it be? <gasps> Jeffrey's been lurking away the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal behaviour. It's fine. Well, he's actually unusually smart for a Sweet Valley High uh, student because no, he basically figures everything out. Ah, he does, yeah. Like, he figures out, Elizabeth hadn't confessed to him that she still cared for Todd, but now she didn't have to. Like, he knows, he could see how she reacted to seeing Todd and Courtney. Yeah. And he had been right when he thought that maybe she was just staying with him because Todd wasn't available. And, um, but he also saw that Courtney tricked Todd into into being with him and didn't find, you know, that's clearly right. he's like the, whole, the whole picture. And I suppose he knew about the note as well. And Liz actually yes. dropped the note when she ran away and he sees that she had dropped something. So when he reads it, then he's like, okay, I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. And actually, this is a complex moment for Jeffrey because he realizes he had a choice. He can say nothing, but we're told he knew he would pay for it every day, every time he was with Elizabeth. In order to have her all to himself, Jeffrey would have to shoulder a heavy load of guilt. Oh. We're told that he thinks of Elizabeth, sometimes serious, sometimes laughing, always caring, beautiful and unique. <laughs> Jeffrey hadn't really known what love was until he met Elizabeth. Together, they had shared something rare and rewarding. Got him a lot rewarding because it didn't take her long to <laughs> give him the old heave <laughs> They looked out for each other, trusted each other. Really? Elizabeth had never let him down. And he decides he can't let her down. Aww. And extremely nobly... He goes up to Todd and says, I need to talk to you. Oh, like, this is inc- like surprisingly and incredibly sound of Jeffrey. Like, yes. yeah. He kind of redeems himself he with does. this act. That is does, genuinely yeah. incredibly decent. Yeah, very selfless. Yes. Meanwhile, Liz is driving off to Seca Lake, the site of many a tryst with Todd back in the old days. Mm-hmm. And she realises about fucking time she has to break up with Jeffrey, even yeah. though Todd isn't interested. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all along she should have broken. Like, even when Todd, when she didn't think Todd was available, the fact that that upset her so much was like, so you clearly need to break up with Jeffrey. You can't just stay with him because, like, there's nothing else to do, type yeah. of thing. Jess style. Like, yeah, Jess exactly. just going after whoever's around. Yeah. And she knows she'll be okay in the end. She'll get over it, but she's sad. Yeah. And then the car pulls up. And who could it be? It's not a serial killer or anything. Kurt's turning up a second leg in the middle of the night. It's okay. It's Todd's new BMW. <gasps> And they run into each other's arms and he reveals that Jeffrey told him all. And he drove around to her house, but when he saw her car wasn't there, he just guessed she'd come to their special place. And for once, everything is revealed. They they tell you, you know, they're actually 
completely honest about what they know and what happened and how they feel, which is quite refreshing. It is. Because they yeah, figure stuff out, which they tend not to. Very true. Like, And there's so much like of people just telling the person the thing they need to know. Well, apart from, you know, Liz not breaking up with Jeffrey when she should have. But like, yeah. there's a lot of them being honest with each other, which is yeah. unusual and it's refreshing. <laughs> Very refreshing. I can't believe I'm saying this. But I know. Well done. It's been valiant. <laughs> And they, uh, Liz realizes that Todd and I wouldn't be together at this moment if it weren't for Jeffrey. This last gesture was perhaps the sweetest gesture of all of all Aww. the nice things he's ever done. And again, for the last time, my notes say, "Poor Jeffrey." R.I.P. Jeffrey. <laughs> we hardly knew you. <laughs> so they head back to the party. I hope Jeffrey's gone home. By the way. I know. <laughs> And when Todd says it's like he's never been away, Liz says, you know, things have changed. She's going to a new school um, for one. And he's living in this mansion. True. Todd reassures her that that won't make a difference to him and that, you know, they, they, his feelings for her haven't changed at all. That's the most important thing. And she says that she believes him. And that is the end of the book. That's it. No cliffhanger this time. <laughs> no. Can you read us out, please? Yeah. Uh, so I guess the fact that he's in love, it's kind of acting like this is going to be a bit of an issue for them because they kind of, the the yeah, the tagline for the next one is, uh, is everything rosy in Elizabeth and Todd's future? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 59, in love again. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I seem to remember that it isn't all that rosy. There is a bit of tension. Oh. So... That's said uh, it's not, not out of the woods yet. Yeah. No, we are not. Mm. So that was broken hearted. It was it. it was pretty good. It was. I mean very melodramatic, but enjoyably so. Oh, I, I have no problem with melodrama. I've talked about Gran Hotel enough of this. Oh look, we, we know where you stand on melodrama. <laughs> they could throw in a few secret babies and wills and doubles <laughs> and things. I would be only delighted. Just wait till we get to Margot, it's gonna be explosive. Oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna be the happiest day of my life. <laughs> It's all been leading to this. This is why we started this podcast, just to talk about the Margot books. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Well, speaking of marvellous things, can you give us some stats and outfits? I sure can. Now, okay, you're not going to be happy with this because Uh-oh. the blondness only got two mentions. What? I know, the blue-green eyes only got one. Mm. I know, but there was so much silk, it kind of balances out. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, please tell us more <laughs> we, about that. We had so much silk. So, it's, like, Lila wore her silk blouse to the Dairy Burger. Uh, Jess wanted to buy her raw silk trousers, which also, by the way, had a matching top, which we can only assume <laughs> is also raw silk. <laughs> uh, when Liz went to that fancy dinner with Jeffrey, uh, she wore a silk dress, uh, as we know, because she wasn't going to eating pepperoni in it, apparently. Um, then her outfit for when Todd arrived back in town and she was going to meet him uh, in the house she was wearing uh, a jade green twill skirt uh, and a white silk blouse. So, um, yeah, very like job interview in your 20s kind of yeah. vibe. I don't know why she was dressed so formally, but look, that's just that's just how they go, these kids. So, so I mean, they obviously have shares in some sort of silk weaving place. Oh, because- for real. Yeah. Um, let's see Jess uh, when she's going on her date with Sheffield she wants to borrow a dress off Lila uh, oh, yeah. and more specifically a little red Italian knit dress that Lila owns apparently mm. <laughs> very sexy Nish. sexy and red? woolly I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could be like a cotton knit like you know a stretchy fabric Maybe. that would make but more sense I like to think of her wearing a woolen one just a wool dress and then for the big party at Todd's house it's it's funny we kind of 
we don't get enough description of the dresses because Jess wears a slim black strapless dress that she borrows mm. off Amy and Liz wears a royal blue spaghetti strap dress. But like, I need details about like the skirt and the cut and like ruffles. Tell me more. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they're, they're thin on the outfits. Though we do get Courtney's um, ensemble. We do. There's, oh yes. So when they arrive at the dance, so yeah, like, they're so funny like this is basically a black tie event like because yeah. Todd is standing there when they're basically doing like a reception line uh, <laughs> welcoming people in uh, Todd is looking like a movie star in a crisp white dinner jacket with a red carnation in his lapel for fuck's sake <laughs> what are you doing and Courtney standing next to him as his game show host co-hostess um, her glossy mahogany hair was piled loosely on her head held in place with uh, glittering jeweled clips and she wore a strapless emerald satin gown that accentuated every curve of her body. A corsage of tiny white rosebuds garnished her slender wrist. Like, these kids have been to more black tie events than I ever have in my entire life. Like, I've never been to one and they've been to like four, (laughs) at least. (laughs) I mean, I've been to a couple and I am 45. So... (laughs) It's time for me yet to get to one, so... <laughs> you're grand. Yeah, you've got a few years. I need fancy <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, all mine have been sort of work-related. Ah, okay. Except, oh no, we did have college. There's When I was in college, there was the, the Trinity Bowl was a black tie Ooh. affair. But it was more like a big student party where everybody was just, like, people were wearing, you know, fancy fancy ish clothes but I once wore I mean it was the 90s a second hand 70s polyester silks or fake silk slip with a fake fur coat over it oh damn that sounds amazing so there's photographic evidence of that somewhere so it was not that formal like I think the boys had to wear a hired tux but girls could wear pretty much anything and the fact that I wore a polyester 70s uh, slip (laughs) was and a fake fur coat is indication that it was not quite Sweet Valley High not quite not quite Lila Fowler standards I wore my Converse uh, one stars one year as well so (laughs) it was not uh, and that was like I was in college at that stage and I still wasn't as even approaching the level of glitziness of the Sweet Valiance. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the other occasions I've been to have been work related. Okay. So they're like, I, I have not led a life of black tie <laughs> Glamorous parties. No. I don't think I've ever been to a private party that no. was tie or anything <laughs> even approaching it. So yeah, the Sweet Valiance live in a very rarefied world it in sure comparison to the rest of yeah. us. So, uh, listeners, if you have any thoughts about, did you spend your teens going to black tie events instead of, you know, drinking cans in a bandstand? (laughs) (laughs) Please share. Did we just live in very uh, humble circumstances? (laughs) Let us know. We love hearing from you. And we have heard recently in the last few weeks, um, a few people have said that listening to this podcast got them through some difficult times in recent times. And completely sincerely, that is a really lovely thing to hear. We are very pleased that we are able to bring people some distraction and amusement in these troubled times. That's and it. Yeah, it's so lovely to hear that. Um, yeah, just that it makes it a little bit easier for some people sometimes just to, to hear us slagging off <laughs> the way we feel. <laughs> so we're delighted to help in any little way that we can. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, to the person who said that one of the things that has been getting them through these times is listening to this podcast and bubble baths. 
this episode is for you. Oh. <laughs> so we hope that this is cheering you up in this difficult year. And we would like to wish the same to, to all our listeners. We hope that you are, you're keeping all right mm. in this deeply unpleasant oh, and weird time. <laughs> You know, if, if Lila Fowler can bring you a little bit of joy, then we are happy to be merely her conduit. Her conduit, yes. <laughs> a privilege. <laughs> so on that note, do let us know what you think. Do you have any, uh, you know, thoughts on Jeffrey redeeming himself in this final episode? On Elizabeth's interesting attitude to being in a monogamous relationship? <laughs> Let us know. You can, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you can find out more about the other shows on the network at uh, HS Pod Network and at This Headstuff. And we will be back in two weeks when we find out what happens when Elizabeth and Todd <laughs> declare to the world that they are. In love again. again. (laughs) (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.